Turn with me, please, this morning in the scriptures to two openings. Matthew 9 and uh, Mark 9. Matthew 9 and Mark 9. And I believe we should begin a new series today. I appreciate you being excited and you don't even know what it is. <laughs> that's, that's faith. Yeah. <laughs> you believe it's going to be good? You didn't have no idea what it is yet. But Well, you know, if we're reading out of this book right here, it's going to be good, right? We, we know that. Matthew 9, down about verse 27, it says, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? Now they came and asked for mercy. What do they want? They want healing. They want to be able to see. But they asked for mercy. Did they ask for the wrong thing? No. Healing is a mercy. God is the God of mercies. He's called the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Just like there's Mercy to forgive, well, there's mercy to heal. But mercy has nothing to do with what you deserve. If you've always done everything right, you don't need mercy. You can get by on justice. But if you've messed up, if you get what you deserve, it's not going to be good. If you want something you haven't earned, something good that you don't deserve, what you want is mercy. And he is the God of mercies. Don't let the enemy tell you, well, you know, you, you've messed up here, you've messed up there, so you don't deserve that. Well, that's what mercy's all about, Amen. getting what you don't deserve. Amen. That's what mercy's about. You messed up your finances. You didn't listen to God. You did this and did that. Well, that's when it's time <laughs> to follow. Phyllis and I have had to do it. Thank God it's, it hadn't been last week or two. But uh, in years past, we there's times we had to fall on our face and go, God, we've been dumb. We shouldn't have done this. You know, you tried to talk to us, but no, we <laughs> we wanted it. We had to have it now. And now we've got ourselves in a mess. And we're behind. Lord, we're asking you for mercy. I know one time uh, we, uh, well, we learned a few things about sowing and reaping in faith. This is the very beginning days of our walk with him and we were training for the ministry, and, and uh, we begin to sow in faith and begin to believe, and we begin to have more money come in than we'd ever had before in our life. We grew up, you know, relatively poor, and, and man, we had, had money come in, so we, we'd never had any money. 
So you know what we did? Mm. We spent it. (laughs) And we didn't pay some taxes we should have paid. And then not long after that, we got in trouble. We got behind on our taxes. And, And then we got tied on some other things. We were making some mistakes. And uh, the Lord finally got it across to us what to do. And one of, the, one of the changes we made was in our tithing. We weren't really tithing. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Lord took me to Matthew 6.33. And it said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And he said to me, he said, you're like many of my children. You know that, but you're not practicing it. And through the course of the next several months, I realized our priorities were wrong. We had just got a new sports car. And uh, the Lord dealt with me. He said, I don't care if you have five of them. But your priorities are wrong. Now you, you committed to this, and now you don't have money to give. And not even tithing, because then the insurance was high on it. So... I knew what I need to do. I need to sell this thing. Didn't necessarily want to. But we did. And took a loss on it. You know how you drive something off the lot. Three or four months. You're going to take a hit. And we did. But I knew we needed to. We need to bite the bullet. We need to tighten our belt. We got our priorities wrong here. So we sold the sports car. And I had a pickup. And I realized I need to sell it too. So I did. And rode with Phyllis. <laughs> In her car that the Lord had given her. <laughs> now come on y'all side with her now. <laughs> yeah we, we had believed for the car. I was in there somewhere. But <laughs> But it's her car. I told her, hey, it's your car. And so she let me ride with her for the next two years. Yeah. And I'd had a car since I was 13. (laughs) Grew up in the country. (laughs) And it uh, it was challenging. But, you know, it helped me out. And so we didn't go out and eat all the time either. And we begin to pay off our debts. And the first thing we did though is we're tithing and we're giving. And we're sending, you know, $50 a month to this ministry. And $25 a month to this ministry. And we're doing it every time. And we're, can you see this? That's our priority. And, And I comforted myself in what the Lord said. I said, later on, if I want to, I can have three of them. Right? But I got to get my priorities right. That's not first. Kingdom stuff is first. Kingdom things are first. And so in addition to this, we're $10,000 behind on our taxes. And that was several years ago. And uh, that was big to us. It might as well have been 100000 to us. I mean, it was big. And, and when you're behind and you're trying to catch up, it can seem like you're half a nostril above water. You're just, just a little bit more and you're going under, right? 
But we ask, that's, what, that's the time when we said, Lord, you didn't do this to us. We got our priorities off and we're asking you for mercy. Help us to get out of this. Help us to get caught up. Help us to get where we need to be. Well, I had to do some things he told me to do. Sold the car. Sold the truck. Quit spending money like we were doing. And uh, then we asked him, Lord, we ask you for mercy to help us get caught up with these taxes and pay them and get ahead. Mercy. Somebody say mercy. Mercy. I don't need justice. I'm getting justice. <laughs> we blew our money, didn't pay our taxes like we should. Now we're in trouble. Just dumb. But we were young and dumb. And uh, not what was, it was just a few months after that. I went to minister to somewhere outside our state there. And Phyllis was with me. And after ministering, service went good. The pastor came by and and, and we were, I remember we were walking across the parking lot back to the hotel. They were taking us back to the hotel. And he said, uh, he said, Keith, do you owe money on your taxes? <laughs> well, that's not something that you really just want to talk. And, and I'm, I'm his guest minister there, you know. And I said, well, Yeah. He said, <laughs> he said, how much do you owe? I thought, oh, I don't want to tell him. You know. What was it? Ten, it was over $10,000. I said around $10,000. He kind of dropped his head. I thought, yeah, he's going to give me a lecture now about. <laughs> and uh, he looked up. He said, uh, I owe some too. And the Lord dealt with me to sow a seed into you. On mine. He said I don't have it right now. But I'm going to send you a thousand dollars every month. till this is paid for. And he did. Every month in the mail. Here comes a thousand dollars. So when he come in. Of course we put it on it. Put it on it. Put it on it. And within less. and, And at the end of that year. And this is less, just right around a year, we also owed another bill uh, debt for $5,000. And the people we owed that to right near the end of the year, they called us and said, you know, the Lord dealt with us to sow that to you. So forget about that. That's done. $15,000 within a few months. Somebody say, mercy, 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 mercy. Glory to God. Mercy. Thank you, Lord. Well, we've done better since then (laughs) about those kind of things. But uh, uh, who of us hadn't made mistakes and then needed mercy? Well, that's what he's asking for. They're asking for mercy. Keep reading. They said, uh, have mercy on us, verse 27. Verse 28, when he's coming to the house, the blind men came to him. You know, uh, I'm glad they weren't easily discouraged and just quit because they didn't maybe get the response they wanted first time around. You have to be persistent. You have to stay after it. 
And so they just kept on following Jesus. And then they followed on into the house. And then he turns around and says what? Do you believe I'm able to do this? To do what? They, they want their eyes open. And he asks them what? Do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And that, that makes sense, because why else would they be following him around? They didn't believe anything could happen. See, they had heard about other things that had happened. Maybe even knew some people that got healed in these meetings. And so they followed him around. They said, yes, Lord. Verse 29. Then touched he their eyes and said, then according to my power. Yeah, but that's the question he asked them. Do you believe I'm able? It has to do with power, ability. Do you believe I'm able to do it? They said, yes. Then he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. You believe this happened? Yes. It's true. Jesus straightly charged them. See that no man know it. But they didn't listen to that. They departed and spread abroad his fame in all that country. According to your faith. Say it out loud. According to your faith. Be it unto you. Now there are numerous scriptures that say the same thing. As you have believed. According to your faith. How many have read the scripture enough to know? Not just a couple of instances. They're repeatedly. That the Lord emphasizes the individual's faith. And say that that thing that happened. Happened according to their faith. Or is about to happen. According to what they're believing. The enemy has done his best. Sadly he's been successful. At hiding this truth. Covering this up. Because this is how you get miracles. They did. And we shouldn't assume. I would guess that these guys probably can't even read and write. And, and been to school. I doubt it. Certainly not Bible school. <laughs> and there was no New Testament for them to read. What did they know? They had heard people were getting healed in Jesus' meetings. And that was enough for them to believe it could happen for them. And so then it did happen. And Jesus told them how it was going to happen. According to your faith. Now, men's doctrines and teachings have changed this into according to the will of God. According to God's plan. According to God's timing. That's what's been preached. Instead of this. Go with me to Mark the ninth chapter please as well. That was Matthew 9. Let's go to Mark 9. Mark 9. This is the story in verse 14. Of a man that came and uh, brought his son 
to the disciples. And uh, he was having seizures, problems, disrupting the family, awful. And uh, verse 18, after Jesus came from the mount, the man came and said, I brought him to your disciples to cast him out, and they could not. So Jesus' own staff, his own crusade team, if you will, had prayed for this boy, tried to minister to this boy with no results. Does that prove it wasn't for them? Well, obviously not. A few verses later. Just because somebody prayed and something didn't happen does not mean it wasn't the will of God. It just means for whatever reason they didn't receive. And uh, verse 19 Jesus answered and said, What? O faithless generation. Now, see, he's just been in the glory. Upon the mount. And he comes back into this. There's an uproar. There's controversy. The man's upset. The disciples are upset. The crowd's upset. And how does he describe the whole thing? Faithless. And he branches out from this group. Generation. (laughs) That's the whole group of folks on the planet at this time. Oh, what? What does Jesus identify as the big problem? Faithlessness. Faithlessness. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer or put up with you? Bring him to me. Oh, friends, when men fail, you can still bring it to Jesus. (laughs) Bring him to me. And they brought him to him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tore him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming, went into one of these seizures right there in front of Jesus. So if some kind of wrong thing happens in front of you, don't be too shocked. It happened in front of Jesus, too. (laughs) Right? And notice, Jesus then turns to the Father and asks him some questions while this boy is writhing around on the ground. In a seizure. Jesus was cool. (laughs) Still is. You know why? Faith is cool. Under pressure. We which have believed. Do enter into rest. More upset you are. More faithless you are. He said how long is it ago since this happened? He's asking them questions about their history. The boy's writhing around. And he said, well, since he's a child. And he said, and, and many times he cast him into the fire, into the waters, try to drown him, burn him up, destroy him. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. If you read it in some literal renderings, they put a play on the words, if you can. If you can, because that's what he said. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. 
And if you read it the way they lay it out, Jesus said, if you can, believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Somebody said out loud with me, believe. Believe. Why? All things are possible to him that believes. Say it again, believe. Believe. Why? Because all things are possible to him. That includes the things that you thought were impossible or that somebody else told you was impossible. Incurable, unfixable, too late, too much. Impossible to get that relationship fixed. Well, it may be impossible to some people. But if you believe, it becomes possible. Because with God, nothing is impossible. And he's able to manifest his power in the lives of those who believe him. Hallelujah. Is it possible? You said yes already. Is it possible... No matter what the reports have said, no matter what your symptoms are, no matter how long it's been that way, is it possible for you to be pain-free, completely pain-free, symptom-free, be able to go and do what you want and need to do with no restrictions and no problems? Is that possible? Is it possible? Is it possible for everybody? No. No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) It's not possible to doubters, those who live in fear, those who live in depression and despondency, those who are negative and believe It's impossible. It's not possible for them. But if you believe. God is real. And can do anything. And is a good God. And wants you to have it. And has already bought and paid for it. If you believe it. Then for you. It becomes. Reachable. Haveable. Doable. Beable. Is it possible? <laughs> you hadn't heard the other thing yet. It, it, is it possible to pay off all your debts? I mean everything you owe. Pay old debts, new debts, little debts, big debts, Sears. <laughs> Ooh, some of these, Ooh. you can pay for a $200 item for 20 years, man. And is it possible to pay off the car? Yes. Get a car. Yes. Hmm? Pay off a car? Yes. Pay off a house? Yes. Is it possible? Is it possible yes. to have everything paid for? Yes. Not owe anybody no. anything. Yes. Except to love them. Huh? Is it possible and have extra money to give, to do things you need to do, want to do, 
Help other people. Is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible? Somebody say, it's possible. It's possible. And, And the truth is, it can happen a lot quicker than you might think. It can happen just snap, snap, snap. One thing after the other. Glory to God. It's possible. But it's only possible to those that believe. And you would expect at a faith life church to find some believers and you will. You will. You will. Is that right? Well, people come up in here, well, they find some believing people. They find some people with faith. We are and we're growing. We're coming up. We're getting stronger. He said to the master, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. This is where millions of Christians are right there. Praying, pleading to God, hurting, all sincerity, but they believe a lie. They believe it's up to him. They believe they're waiting on God and it's up to him and up to his will whether it happens or not. This is a religious idea of men that has been developed and preached instead of the truth. And it's been preached for generations now. So the people have grown up hearing it and if you hear something in church and your parents believe it, and your grandparents believe it, you're just sure it's the Bible. But it doesn't make it the Bible. We don't receive according to what's right and fair. (laughs) No, you don't. The world is not fair. If you're going to get upset because something's not fair, you're going to stay upset all the time. The world is not good. Most people are not good. No, they're not. Most folks are yielding to their flesh. Selfish. You're not going to receive according to what you need. You're not going to receive according to what you really want. Just because you need something, are there people all over this planet needing something and not getting it? You're not going to receive something just because you need it or just because you want it. We're not going to receive according to God's perfect will. Just because it's the perfect will of God for us and for our life, that does not mean we're going to automatically receive it. He's not willing that any should perish. Are people perishing? Then it's happening contrary to his will. Why aren't they receiving according to his will? Because that's not how you receive. How many believe the words of Jesus? How did he say they were going to receive? Not according to what's right and fair. Not according to what's good. Not according to what you need. Not according to what you want. Not according to what God wants for you. That makes it available. But it doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it. Not according to what God can do. We don't receive according to God's ability. 
You got to believe he can do it, yes. But you got to go beyond that. What determines how we receive? According to our faith. So the man tried to put this in Jesus' lap and said, if you can do anything, help us. And the Lord turned right around, put it back in his lap and said, what do you mean if you can? (laughs) Can God do anything about this or not? Certainly. That's not what it's dependent on. If you will believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And he cried out, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And here's a wonderful thing. Did anything happen? Did anything happen? Jesus saw the people running together. He rebuked the foul spirit. He said, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you come out of him. Enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, rent him sore, came out of him. He was as one dead. They said, he's dead. And Jesus took him up by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Free and healed. So here, did the man have faith? Must have. And he had faith. Even with thoughts of doubt plaguing his mind. Faith will work in your heart with thoughts of doubt in your head. You just can't yield to the thoughts of doubt. You got to cast them down. Just because you had a thought and had a feeling, I don't know if this is going to work or not, that's when you, from the inside of you go, yes, it has worked. It is working. It will come to pass. Right? And then thoughts will come and feelings will come. That doesn't mean you're out of faith. Just don't yield to it. Don't talk it and think it. Grab it. Throw it down again. I believe. Help my unbelief. (laughs) And he got results. He got a miracle. Come on. Can you see this? Oh, somebody say, I'm a believer. I have faith. And my faith works. works. Praise be to God. Glory to God. Let me read some other scriptures here to you. Let's lay a foundation. Look on down in the uh, 51st verse. 10th chapter, I should say. 10. Another instance of an individual blind man came to Jesus. And Mark 10:51, Jesus said, "What will you that I should do to you?" The blind man said, "Lord, that I might receive my sight." And Jesus said to him, "What? Verse 52, what did he say? "Go your way. Your faith has made you whole." And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Glory be to God. We <laughs> We are that close to miracles right now. (laughs) All you got to do is this. You don't have to heal yourself. That's his part. You don't have to fix anything. You don't have to. You don't have to work any miracle. That's what he does. All you got to do is believe it. Not think it. Talk about it. Wonder about it. Believe it. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was, uh, I taught healing 
school at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry for a number of years. And in the morning we had a uh, small class. Only people there were folks that had symptoms, something wrong in their body. They're believing for themselves. In the afternoon it was open up to the public, students, everybody came. But in the morning, just a small group. I was teaching one morning about that. And I was talking about when you pray, believe you receive it and you'll have it, Jesus said. Mark 11, 24. That word means take. Believe that you take them and you shall have them. Not, not feel that you take them. Believe that you take them. You say, well, I don't, I don't have it yet. I know that's why you need to believe you receive it. <laughs> if you already had it, you wouldn't need to believe you receive it. Well, I don't feel it yet. That's why you need to believe you receive it. <laughs> And a lady over here on the side, it was a small room, she lifted up her hand about halfway, and it was informal, and people could ask questions. I said, yes. She said, now, does that mean I just believe I take it, and I got it? I said, basically, yeah. She said, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. And so I went on. Well, at the end of the service, she came up beaming. I mean, her face was just beaming. She said, look, look. Well, I thought, okay, what? You know, look. I I, I didn't know she was new in the class. And uh, she said, look. And then she showed me her notes. She said, I wrote all this today. I said, well, great, good. She said, no, you don't understand. I had had a, a stroke and I hadn't been able to use this arm. She said, look. <laughs> then we all shouted. Yeah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes. I mean, there was no fanfare. There was nothing loud or boisterous. Going. She said, now I just believe I, I take it. Uh-huh. And I got it. Yes. I yes. said, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's what she did. Yes. Glory to God. Her faith made her whole. Now, why didn't the Lord say that a different way? If you're listening to a lot of people, seminary, ministers, teachers, Bible authorities, so-called, they wouldn't say that. They'd say, God in his infinite, mysterious plan chose to do something for you. God did it. Well, he did do it. Well, why didn't Jesus say it that way, though? God did it. Because it wasn't just up to God. This is the thing that many Christians don't want to believe. They're like, "Mm, no, it's up to God. No, it's not. It's not. Is it up to God whether people get born again all around the country today or not? Is it up to him? Are they waiting on him when the time gets right? When it becomes his will? No, they're not. It's up to them when they will believe. Well, if the most important thing is that way, missing hell and going to heaven, why would lesser things be different? The new birth is an amazing miracle. Your spirit didn't get healed. Your spirit was recreated. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You've already believed for that. 
You've all, don't, don't say you can't believe for a big miracle. You already have believed for one of the greatest miracles that will ever happen in your life. You can surely believe for a little repair work on an already existing structure. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. Somebody say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I have faith. And my faith works. <laughs> he said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. What did it? Jesus said, his faith made him whole. Why didn't he say the power of God did it? Why didn't he say it was the will of God? And that's why it happened. How many believe Jesus said it the way it should have been said? Yes. Right? Because that is the determining factor. Not the other things. Let's look at a few more. Back up to Mark 5. You're right there in Mark. You know there are numerous of these, but let's just let our eyes rest on some of them. Mark 5. Verse 25, there was a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years. We'd say a hemorrhage. And uh, this went on for 12 years. And she had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. So she's tried every kind of treatment that was known to them at the time. She spent all her money and she's not any better. And this has been 12 years of this. And now she's not only sick, she's broke. Does this sound like God to you? Is it the will of God to go through all this? Does God put you through this to teach you some things? It's just not true. It's the enemy that comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And sickness robs you of your energy you need for life. Robs you of money you could spend on something else. Is that right? And that's not God. Verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus. That's when her life changed. Came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said. She's saying something. If I'm able to touch his clothes. We'll see what happens. Huh? I shall. Behold. Faith speaks boldly and definitely. None of this we'll see. See, it sounds reverential to say, well, it's just whatever the Lord wants. I'm, I'm just leaving it up to him. But there's no faith there. What are you believing for? You don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. That's wavering. There's no faith there. And you can't leave up to him. What he's left up to us. What if an unbeliever said, well, I'm just waiting, you know. God is thinking, God, if he wants me saved, he'll save me. And that's just up to him. If he wants me to be born again, go to church, he'll do it. Till then, I'm going to Vegas. (laughs) But you know, God's God. He's almighty. He's sovereign. And, And if he wants me saved, he knows where I am. Mm-mm. that'd be wrong. It's not up to him. I heard somebody on TV one time ranting about, you know, if God's really real, because they didn't believe in God, how can a God of love 
send people to a hell, a place of torment. God of mercy and love. I asked the Lord, dear, I saw that, I said, Lord, I, I don't believe that, but I'm a minister. How do I answer a question like that? What do I say? And just as clear, inside my spirit, I don't mean I'm audible voice, but inside me real clear. He said, son, it's not my choice. Not my choice. Not long after that, we, we preached the series, You Choose. Went into a lot of scriptures. Now, if you're wondering about this, get it. Go through it. Go through the scriptures with us. Is it God's choice? It's not. He really has left some things up to us. Not according to his will. Not according to his power. Not according to what's right. Not according to what we need, but according to our faith. She pressed through the crowd. She said, if I may touch his clothes, I'll be whole. And straightway, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. The feelings came last. Can you see that? The believing and the saying, then the feeling. Believing and saying and doing, and then the feeling. Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? She didn't even ask if it'd be all right. Come on, can you see this? Who initiated this healing? She did. This is the thing many church going people won't believe. They keep on adamantly affirming, no, it's up to God. It is not. It's not up to God. He's provided it. Jesus bought and paid for it. He's made it available. He's told us. It's my will. He's rung the dinner bell. Ding, 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 ding. Come and get it. Come and get it. And if you just sit over on the side and sing Kumbaya, you're going to do without. Thinking you're holy. Just being dummy. And we've all done some of this. No, grace provides, faith receives, hallelujah, faith receives what grace has provided, but you got to get up, got to move, got to reach out, got to lay hold. Jesus said, who touched my clothes? The disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and say it, who touched me? He looked around to see her that had done this thing. See, this is an interruption. Nobody expected this. Jesus is walking down the road with his entourage. They're not having a healing meeting. There's no laying on of hands. This is not a service. This lady, that's why I think she backed back in the crowd. And he said, who touched me? She didn't say a word. She's like the cat that got the canary and she is. She's thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh. Maybe he wants it back. <laughs> Who initiated this healing? Jesus. Not Jesus. Not the master. Not the father. The woman initiated this healing. Didn't even ask. 
Thank God some of these folks hadn't got to her and told her it might not be God's will. Amen. Right? She just assumed other people had gotten healed. Healing is there. I need a healing. I'm going to go get me a healing. I'm going to go get my healing. And then she's weak. She's been hemorrhaging all this time, going through all these treatments, but she's pushing her way through and she's comforting herself and she's saying, if I can just touch, if I can just touch, I'm going to get it. When I touch, if I can just touch, I'm going to get it. How close was she to a miracle? She, she was right there. Is that right? And then when she got there and she touched it, the moment she touched him, it was like electricity. When she made contact, power flowed out of him into her and she felt the thing that had caused that hemorrhage she felt it heal up and she knew that's it I got it she felt it he felt the power go out of him she felt it come into her is God real if God's real his power is real but now notice this the disciples were perplexed when they said, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? You're in this big crowd. People are brushing against you, touching you everywhere. What do you mean? And he acted like he didn't even hear me. He said, somebody touched me. He's talking about a different touch. They're touching him accidentally. They're touching him out of curiosity. They're t- right? They're touching him incidentally. She touched him in faith, on purpose, to get something. Oh, hallelujah. To receive something. And the moment she did, it was like plugging something into the wall socket. It was like plugging it right in. And it flowed. Oh, does he still have healing power? Does he? Is he still around? But see, people say, Lord, why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me? I've been waiting on you to heal me for years. Why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me? You're asking the wrong question. Thinking the wrong thoughts. Healing does not need to be provided. It has been bought. It has been paid for. Jesus took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. Is that right? It's been just like our sins being paid for. Then the result of all that has been paid for too. No man or woman should say they're waiting on the Lord to save them. They're waiting on the new birth. It's not true. But we shouldn't think we're waiting on God for things that have already been provided in redemption either. He said, he looked around to see her had done it. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, what did he say? Daughter. You are lucky. <laughs> you are a lucky girl. Uh-uh. There's no such thing as luck. Don't need to use that kind of language. Daughter, God has chosen to heal you today. We don't know why. But no. He didn't say, daughter. My faith and my anointing has made you whole. No. Apparently, walking as a man, 
He's not even thinking about it until it happened. And then he says, who did that? Got to remember, Jesus is functioning as a man. She just came and took a healing. Did the master rebuke her for it? Don't you know? It's not always the will of God. Young lady, you should have at least asked. Just come in here and take a healing. But you know healings are special and important. and Not everybody gets one. So, No, she just came and took one. And Jesus looked around and said, who did it? And nobody answered. She's back in the crowd going, oh, no. And then finally, she thought, he's not going to leave. He just keeps looking around. And she finally said, it was me. It was me. He said, come here. She said, well, what happened? You know, 12 years ago, and, and I've been through this treatment and that treatment. And, man, I've cleaned out my accounts. And, and I just knew if I could just get here today. And, and I just touched it. Glory to God, I got it. And, and what, what did he say? Daughter, your faith has made you whole. I can hear in that, good. Yeah. Wish some more people was doing this, right? Good. Good. You came and got it. You came and took it. Your faith made you whole. Doesn't have to be healing day. Doesn't have to be service day. Doesn't have to be meeting day. Who determined when she got her healing? She did. Don't you know she was wishing? Man, I could have done this maybe 12 years ago. Is that right? But she didn't know about Jesus. <laughs> Listen, saints. If her faith would make her whole, your faith will make you whole. You believe it or not? Somebody say, I have faith. And my faith will make me whole. Glory to God. Now we know it's God's power who did it. We know we can't do it ourselves. But on the other hand, it's not up to him either. How we receive it. And when we receive it. Oh friend, there is a vast ocean of healing power. Do you believe it? Big as the sky, bigger than the ocean. There is a vast ocean of healing power. There. Ready. Ready to flow. Just like it flowed out of him. You believe it? Can you receive some? I think you ought to stand up right now. Glory to God. That was basically the introduction. <laughs> but uh, maybe you can come back and get some more. Oh, hallelujah. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, 
you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.